War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at LawnDoctor.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of our program, it's brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. You know, today's a good day. Stock up now. It's going to be very nice this weekend, and warm weather's rolling in. Stop into PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Annuals, perennials, trees, shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging impatience, pansies, marigold bags, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas and hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulch, also available, pickup and delivery, mulch, dark pine, black hemlock, crushed stone, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook. They're a full-scale nursery. Everything you need, make your home or business a showstopper. They're open seven days a week. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. Look for them on Facebook. It's a great family-run business. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, I want to direct you to a couple things. Number one, uh, check out topetro.com because I do have a piece up about is this the final days of governor mckee uh make no mistake about it he's trying to put on a brave face and governor mckee is keeping his schedule busy but they can't ignore the polls this was a very bad poll for him that came out the roger williams poll they were trying to blow off the morning console poll that came out that was uh negative towards governor mckee but there's a consistent and plus they're doing internal polls and a lot of the same issues you know the fact that he's floated out some kind of a tax cut that's because you know he saw they saw in their polling that taxes are a concern for people um you notice that governor mckee i noticed you know today he's going to a ceremony with the rhode island state police um crime is something that's a concern right now they're just focused on the democrat voters but where i think he's really in trouble and you can read about it on the website depetro.com is he is not doing well he's not doing where i'm sure they'd like to be where they thought they he should be and they haven't even started the negative ads now i people need to understand the reason why a lot of people you don't run a negative ad is if you run a negative ad against someone it is true they work but at the same time your negatives go up you don't want to have high negatives you want to be the candidate with low negatives but what i'm looking at down the line you know nelly gorbea she got the endorsement from Emily's list. So they're going to be pumping money into the race. There'll be, this, there'll be some pack who will really launch attacks on Governor McKee. So as much as right now, he feels, okay, he's got 25% in this latest poll, Gorbea 23. She's going to be tough to attack. He's actually going to be very easy to attack with his scandals and something that a pack could really bring out that no one is comfortable with i said it was a mistake at the time and it was and it remains and that is this this business of him giving out the three thousand dollar bonuses to state workers the danger with that and i said it at the time is you know people may not understand job numbers and they may not understand some some of these grants but you know what they understand they understand that for no reason someone that has a state job where you had to be politically connected in the first place that he's just giving a certain group of people three thousand dollars and they kept changing the answer first they said it was a vaccine incentive then he, they took that away then they said oh it's it's worker retention the problem is listen we all know come on you know you need to know someone to get a job with the state you know there's plenty of people that don't know the drill and they apply for these jobs and then they don't realize that they always go to someone who is you know some rep 
or it's it's all politically connected. So the idea that number one, that they need to retain these workers, they're losing workers. No one listen, he can say that, but no one believes that. And number two, that that's ridiculous, giving them three thousand dollar bonuses. Judges with a lifetime tenure on the bench, judges lifetime appointment to the bench were given three thousand dollar bonuses. So, you know, it's coming back to bite Governor McKee. He's the one that made the decisions to do those things. And but where where I believe where they're really in trouble is the and, and there now it sounds like Dan McGowan was saying Governor McKee's trying to push off any form of, de- of a debate until the very end of the campaign in August. And I, I'm not even convinced he's going to debate then. That again, I'm going to again quote Dan, but Dan McGowan feels he's trying to run out the clock on this uh, primary, and he is. He's not going to be able to. Uh, that Helena Folks candidate who has very low numbers right now at some point she's going to say we need to do something to move up and in order to do that we need someone to move down so that 37 percent. keep in mind seth magaziner exited the race i i wouldn't say that that you know he didn't have 37 percent, but he may have had 10 15 definitely some people undecided that is probably higher than it should be probably should be around a a 20 percent undecided but traditionally undecided voters do not go with the incumbent and in this case governor mckee is in fact the incumbent in the race even though he's just finishing the Ramundo term so i think that helena folks you know right now she is at six percent five percent somewhere in there um she needs to jump up like 30 points now you don't do that all at once but she needs to infusion I'm sure in their mind, they want to start to creep closer to 20% uh, by, you know, mid-July, and then it's going to come down to the wire. And then what they're trying to do is at the very end, really kick things into gear. But she's another one, I'm sure, waiting for the debates to try to really gain some ground. But the problem is Governor McKee's trying to run out the clock and not do any debates. They may only, I, I, let's wait and see. I mean a televised debate that he cannot run from. I'm still not convinced he's going to do that. So Helena, folks, in order to get the number that she's she's going to need, and the same thing with Gorbea, right now with with this field, it's you're still trying to figure out what is it going to take, what percentage of the vote do they need in order to be the winner. For instance, right now it's McKee 25 Gorbea 23, Matt Brown 7, Folks is 6 or 5, so, and 37% undecided. So what's what's it, you know, if you just give 10 points to all of those individuals, then Gorbea is, you know, the winner at 33. So the winner of the primary, at the very least, is going to have to be north of 30%. So that's what the question is going to be. What percentage do you need? So let's just say it could come down. Let's just say Nelly Gobeo wins the primary and she wins with 33% of the vote. And then that means, you know, Governor McKee finishes with, let's just say 25, although I think he's going to fall below 20. Uh, Let's give 20 points to Helena Folks, who finishes in the mid 20s, give Matt Brown 10. um, and, And then, you know, that's there's the basically right around the 37 percent right around there so it sounds like the winner of the primary you don't you don't need even 40 percent uh you could win this primary somewhere 30 to but well north of 30 i think they're going to come out that you need you know 33 to 34 percent of the vote to win the primary and and 35 percent now if you can get 40 percent then you'll win comfortably but i think it's going to be closer than that so um helena folks even if she picks up you know, 37% undecided, even if she picked up 25% of that, which I don't think she will, but if she did, uh, that still puts her at just 31%. So she she would then still lose to, unless she could keep Gorbea under 30. But what this really means is Governor McKee now will start to fall. He's at 25. You know, the question is, does Governor McKee go to 30 or does he go to 20? That's what they have to figure out in the next few months. I think the negative ads are going to push him to 20 and the more right now that fbi probe is quiet it's not going to be quiet forever so the more the talk about fbi probe let alone if something happens let's and i don't i don't know um it's too it's such an it's a wild card 
But at some point, this could really start to prove problematic. And then any hint of that just knocks Governor McKee down a little bit more. So we have a lot to look forward to. And then with the voting now, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I think Nellie Gorbea, remember, her former chief of staff is running for mayor of Providence. I think those two are teamed up. And I think they're going to be a very strong force pulling I'm not saying it's right, but mail ballots out of the city of Providence. You're listing uh, this portion of the program brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day. Make it Ron's Pastry Gourmet. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. The most delicious calzones. They also have fresh Trump 2024 chocolate donuts. Ron's Pastry Gourmet right off of Silver Spring Street. Put that into your GPS. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. You're listing to the John DePietro Show time means grill time and for the best grill get a new grill stop in and see my friends jay's broadway appliance and tv j apostrophe yes broadway appliance and tv located 47 cedar swamp road that's route 5 smithfield you can call them 401-949-7800 springtime summer this is the best time to grill outside they have a great selection on grills they also have a great selection on all appliances family-run business since 1963 remember you're going to deal directly with the owner and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances do you need a new refrigerator how about a new dishwasher washing machine dryer oven microwave jay's broadway appliance look for them online at jsappliance.com also on facebook springtime summer is grill time stop in and see them they're open monday through friday from 10 to 5 you can make an appointment for more personal saturday and sunday appointments jay's broadway appliance and tv 401-949-7800 better yet drive in and see them 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield to the john DePietro show for weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 13 a.m <clears throat> 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at the website, which is topetro.com. Joining right now is the columnist of the Boston Globe, but it's Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, that poll that Channel 12 released, uh, it's incredible, I think, the reaction it has had. Uh, I don't hear anyone challenging the results of the poll, but you write an interesting column today, obviously with the undecideds, that you feel that governor mckee basically he needs a reset with his campaign yeah i mean look there's no way to uh to slice and dice this without kind of acknowledging that you know a 14 months into your tenure as governor through governor mckee you know uh, with nobody else on air until yesterday in terms of the commercials you're, you know, the 25%, you know, in terms of the lead, your job approval is 44% in a moment where we're running on almost $900 million surplus and you've got a billion dollars to spend. I mean, this is terrible news, I think, for Governor McKee. The only thing you can even hang your hat on is, well, look, we're still in the lead. Um, but to me, you know, the governor has, and you and I have talked about it for months and months and months, right? He's tried to run this kind of run the clock out campaign yeah. on, um, on, on the primary, right? He, he's wanted to, uh, you know, just sit on the ball, not make a lot of waves and, and try to, you know, consolidate some support. I think he thought he was going to get a bigger boost from Seth Magaziner getting out of the race because, you know, particularly a lot of those public employee unions who Seth uh, magaziner had been very good to i think he thought would come to him and what you're seeing right now is he's pretty stalled uh and i still i mean i maintain this every week when we talk john he still has nobody who publicly validates anything he does that's right uh there's nobody out there that you know he, he doesn't have a big union supporter that's that's always you know t defending him he has nobody in the administration who you know who's really out there his campaign has been very lackluster i mean nobody even knows really who's running the show um and so i think governor mckee needs to really take take these numbers into account by the way I, like you said very smart right nobody's disputing these numbers he's seen the same numbers or roughly the same numbers um he needs to really think hard about what this next, you know, these coming weeks are going to look like, because when this poll happens again, let's say, I believe the next time they're going to poll is in August or maybe late July. 
Uh, what you're going to see is a, a Helena folks, you know, suddenly having a lot of name recognition. She'll take something. You got to figure Nelly Gourbet is now, you know, at the top of the, the, the heap here. She's probably not going to go. Uh, she's not going to you know sink very much. She'll probably go up. So Dan McKee's, you know, piece of the pie here is getting much, much smaller. He's in desperate need of a little bit of a reset. Some of this is out of his control. You look at the other part of that poll, you know, when you see, the number one issue by far is cost of living. Look, inflation's through the roof. This is a bad year for Democrats nationally. Uh, that probably is not going to change particularly uh, very significantly in the next coming months. So some of the thing, some of this is just working against Dan McKee. But his strategy of, you know, I'm the incumbent, so that means I'll win, just clearly is not working. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, and Dan McGowan, here it is. You know, it's Wednesday, and you basically have this week and then, you know, the week leading into Memorial Day. But he is, you know, they have no press briefing. He hasn't done a press briefing in, in a little while. Uh, I did see him. He very quickly went at the Violence Institute. He did kind of a, a very quick in and out there. He didn't stay to the end and hopped in. Um, I, I don't – do you hear of any talk that this current strategy they have right now is going to change? I remember you and I talked about – when they hired Eva Mancuso, like, all right, well, now they're going to have someone out there kind of defending him and singing his praises. And I saw her at the Rypec luncheon, but that was it. I mean, you, I, I have not seen her anywhere in the media. I, but I don't get the sense that everything you said makes sense about a reset, but I, I just don't know if it's in him. He's not a, he's not a young guy. Uh, I'm sure he's thinking. I think it'd be impossible to spread around more money than he has. He's given money to anyone that's basically right. asked for it. So I, I just, you know, the team's in the locker room, but I, I don't think they have anything left in the playbook. I think it's a really fair point. I mean, here the thing that uh, I'm sure he hates the idea that we compare everything he does to what Gina Raimondo did. Well, you know, the thing about Gina Raimondo, though, was that she was very good. Now, again, you can debate policy-wise whether or not she was a good governor or not. But what she was really good at was finding people to validate whatever her position was, right? Yeah. And, you know, we, we always say Rhode Island Promise, the free college thing, was the probably her signature accomplishment in, in, in that way, right? She was able to stuff it down the legislature's throat because she got so many people on board uh, to support it. And she always had a little bit of an eye on you know, what is re-election going to look like? What are we going to, you know, how is this all going to work? And all the people that do, you know, that, that publicly come out and support you, they end up getting asked to be in campaign commercials and do all these other things. Right now, I mean, we saw that rollout with Governor McKee a couple of months ago when he announced his campaign. He had all these mayors who, you know, were, were his best friend. And they're all kind of sitting there saying, you know what? I got my own government to run. I'm probably going to get reelected. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure that they're, you know, uh, willing to die on a hill because they now know that they might with an Ellie Gorbea or, or an Ashley Kalis if she kind of emerges on the Republican side. So he just doesn't have – and I think that's a fair point. I think it's a – I think he's generally unwilling to, um, you know, to kind of move quickly, right? He's, like you said, he's an older guy. I think he thinks I'm going to go with what's gotten me here in the past, kind of running yeah. a stable campaign. But, you know, I pointed this out in, in, in my column uh, today. You know, the, the thing about this is, is this works if there's this, you know, dire threat of a, you know, of a Donald Trump type Republican who, you know, you, you, you can argue is unstable and would be terrible for the state. Or if there's the, you know, boy, Bernie Sanders is going to win, you know, and your taxes are going to go through the roof and this is going to be terrible. You know, me, you may not think I'm the best, uh, the most exciting candidate, but I'm stable. I'll hold the line on things. Vote for me. No, instead, Right now, you've got Nellie Gorbea, who's to Democrats, I think, is a very attractive candidate. I think Helena Folks kind of uh, we're still waiting to figure out where she is. I mean, is nowhere in the polls, at least right now. But again, we figure she'll she'll go up because of the spending. Uh, and then even again, looking down the line, Ashley Kalis is uh, is not going to be the you know the absolute most extreme Republican that you're running against. So voters have fairly clear 
other alternative options. By the way, it's the yeah. same way. It's the same way. I think you, you, when you look at this, the reason why Matt Brown, uh, you know, on the progressive side hasn't hasn't really caught on because you could say, hey, I like what he's talking about, but the more realistic candidate who who is liberal would be somebody like a Nelly Gorbea. So I, I think similarly he, for, for Brown, you just don't have, you know, the, it, you're not just running against, you know, hardcore conservatives. And in, in McKee's case, he wants to be this kind of steady, stable guy. Um, you have more exciting candidates in this race. Dan McGowan, you point out, and there is still a huge undecided. I, I like the comment you point out, you go back to the Gina Raimondo, Angel Tavares, of which he was actually doing really well. Yeah. Uh, Clay Pell, uh, the undecided was much lower, but they were also doing debates now. You know, this whole thing with Governor McKee's holding out from doing a lot of televised debates, I think that that doesn't help the undecideds because there's people don't have a big forum to look at. But something else that you mentioned about Gina Raimondo, to her credit, that I found that she she still found ways to cultivate allies within the media you know you saw positive articles about her um you know she developed a good relationship with kim colony the wpri she used to do the uh connect to the capital with dan janik in in november of 02 i'm at hjj i go to a meeting with the kachiri people that just won we agree there's a really good chemistry between the two of us and and we set up why don't we once a month have you come in and we'll, cause Link Alman was invisible. Right. I mean, you never saw the guy. He used to be out of Cape Cod smoking cigarettes or he just, you know, you'd see him coming out of Angelo's, but he was just nowhere. So we kicked off what was then like the first ask the governor. And then Kachiri did that for eight years. He actually at one point did it on both stations. And then, you know, Chafee kind of let it, it slog. And then Ramundo would still, you know, kind of do that. Uh, with with Gene Valicenti, where McKee now has canceled on that segment, and yeah. and this is like a year in, and he's just let's face it, he wasn't elected; he's the interim, and he still can't. But Dan McGowan, I also like in your column. I I think right now Nelly Gobea, I just don't see anything that's going to stop her. And you have to admit, if you're the folks people, do they? I mean, think of that. She's within the margin of error of Dr. Daniel Lewis Monez. Right. Yeah, this is a bad. I mean, look, she Helena Folks is in has run. Uh, I think a pretty poor campaign so she far. Has. You know, they they yeah. haven't. They they're probably a month or two too late on getting on air uh, because that does you know commercials move voters right. It certainly at the very least gets you you know some name recognition. Um, you know, and she and her her commercial that that's out this week, which I'm going to assume she's never going to leave the air. I think she'll be on air for the rest for the next four months. So you're going to see a lot of Helena folks. The thing is, is you know what she's promising big bold ideas is not what she has you know done so far on the campaign trail she's just she hasn't been uh you know there's 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 nothing memorable other than i mean to her credit i suppose she wants to do a 500 dollars tax you know break for uh for anyone making under a hundred thousand dollars i'm not sure how many people actually know that she wants yeah. to do that yeah, um, not many yeah exactly so i think she's in some real trouble i think you're right i think nelly gorbea you know, she's got a lot of momentum. Now, I'll point out, you just mentioned it before. You know, you go back, you look at this roughly the same period in 2014. You had an Angel Tavares in the lead. Gina Raimondo hadn't yet surged. Clay Pell still hadn't really taken off yet. There's always the chance that Nellie's peaking a little bit early. And, you know, she's not going to be able to afford to stay on air uh, the entire time. She's not going to be able to afford to really, you know, go at her opponents negative or, you know, know, with contrast ads. So there's always the chance that this is, you know, just she might be peaking a little bit early right now, but, you know, again, I I think one, she's carrying herself like the leader. She was doing that even before this poll came out, you know, you're, you're starting to see her. I think she just announced she's got the, uh, the Barrington Democrats are on board. And this is that part of the race. I mean, people don't pay that close attention. But when you start to see, you know, the local city town committees get on board, look, those, those that helps. You know, you say I'm the endorsed candidate. Those things work. And I think she, um, you know, I think she's run a pretty methodical race. It's played out exactly the way she hoped it would. Right. Her, her bet was Helena folks may not take off. 
Um, one on, you know, one on one, me versus Dan McKee, I feel pretty good about is, is how, I think how she's always looked at it. Um, and so far, so good for Nelly Gorbea. And, and again, I mean, you, you, you point this out a lot, you know, when for, for the folks who might not love, you know, her, Nelly Gorbea's view on, you know, expanding voting and things like that, that's, that's a value in the Democratic Party, right? Yeah. So you can't Good attack, time. you can't attack her. You know, Dan McKee can't go out and say, in fact, he's already endorsed this Let Our I Vote Act. Uh, you know, he can't go out and say, oh, she wants to do, you know, crazy things with, uh, with, with, with elections or whatever, right? That, that may be a Republican talking point, but in Democratic primary, it actually helps. Folks, a uh, quick break, much more ahead, Dan McGowan. Columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508 252-3359 252-3359 and in Rhode Island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus you're listening to the John DePietro show folks it's AM 1380 99.9 FM you can always listen online at the website dePietro.com as you know we've been talking about the border joining us right now retired captain from the Texas Department of Public Safety Intelligence Counterterrorism Division he is an expert it is jason jones and uh jason as we are now getting into late may people are very concerned about the situation at the southern border well john good morning it's good to be with you and the truth is they should be concerned how is it that for just the month of april alone the united states customs and border protection apprehended 234,000 people of that, we know that at least just shy of 58,000 known gotaways made it into the country, meaning that a Border Patrol agent saw an individual cross into the United States illegally, a sensor picked them up, or a sign on the ground of their footprints were picked up, and those were counted. So I get the concern. And then not just that, since fiscal year 22 started, beginning in October, in the last seven months, CBP has apprehended just shy of 1.3 million people. And that has caused a real tipping point in cascade events taking place where we now see back-to-back pursuits. We see bailouts. We see splashdowns into the river. We see index crimes occurring along these southern states at unprecedented levels. And not only that, for those of you up north, you see it and feel it differently but you feel it in the realm of overdose deaths from fentanyl and methamphetamine. Now, Jason, what exactly is the Biden administration, uh, what are they doing to try to stop this onslaught? Nothing. I mean, I, I just want to be completely honest. Our government has caused this. And you have to ask yourself, what are the drivers and why? What is the why? What has caused this to all of a sudden begin under the Biden administration? Well, you know, it's the policies. When you when you communicate to the world that if you come to the United States, you'll be able to stay in the country. And then the, that perception goes out. They then come and then they're allowed to stay. And then they call their family back home to countries all over the world. And this is how it works. And then you have the alien smuggling organizations, the Mexican cartels and the long haul smugglers all along the route on social media and everything else telling them the same exact thing no worries if you want to go to the united states we will get you in the country those are the true drivers so when you ask me what is the what is dhs doing to stop this the answers are not doing anything their answer to this is that we're going to process people quicker and faster that's another part of those push-pull factors that's driving people to come in folks again we're speaking with uh, jason jones retired captain from the department of public safety 
Intelligent Counterterrorism Division. He also uh, has communication daily with law enforcement members and intelligence community. Now, Jason, what about the fact, if you wouldn't mind just describe for people, if it's bad now, what happens at the border as we get into June, July, and August? Sure. And, and listen, the, this this is a great question. We, we're we seeing numbers we've never seen before. You have to remember, you know, the winter months are the times of the lowest migration because historically people don't migrate outside their country of origin during the winter. They do that mostly during the summer months. And you can see that in the U.S. Customs and Border Protection data uh, going back every single year, year after year. This year is different, and so was last year because of these policies. And you know, when we're talking about 234 apprehensions for the month of April, now that the heat is hitting, but if you look even back to March, there was 221,000 apprehensions. John, these are numbers I've never seen in my entire career because we've never had policies like this. And you have to ask yourself, okay, why? And I'll give you a great example. We've seen some huge demographic shifts. We're seeing right now more Cubans, more Nicaraguans, and more Venezuelans than we have ever seen crossing. So what's the why to that? Well, DHS has said that if they come, they're going to receive a humanitarian parole into the United States. Those are the ones also getting the cell phones that you're hearing about. So that's the magnet. I mean, it's the reason. When you make those policies under the Department of Homeland Security and then you communicate that, and then they cross and they communicate that back to their countries of origin, this is the shift. And so as DHS makes other changes, you're going to continue to see that as well. And I'll give you a great example. Why are we seeing so many Haitians, Africans, people from Middle East countries coming that where we've never seen these numbers as well? Well, they're giving a notice to appear by the Department of Homeland Security. So when you have no deterrence and you've created these perceptions, it just continues. But what really concerns me while we're talking about the lens of immigration what we are not addressing is the lens of national security and how what's happening impacts the folks listening across this country. John, we're at 107,000 overdose deaths from the, uh, 2021 for the entire 12-month period. We have never been here as a country. So you have to say, well, then why is that occurring? Well, how do you link that to an unsecure border? Here's how. Because when Border Patrol, who operates between the ports of entry along your southwest border, when they adjust from a national security model, meaning trying to hold the line against all illicit commodities crossing, and they transition to a processing model, meaning that as 150-plus people are pouring in, all resources that they have go to that because they have to process them very quickly. I mean, John, I saw a 20-day-old child. You can't leave them in 105-degree weather hmm. uh, just a, just a uh, week and a half ago. You can't leave that child in 105-degree weather very long, so they have to process very quickly. So what does that do? That allows the cartel, specifically CJNG and Sinaloa, who's moving more deadly fentanyl and methamphetamine than any other hyperviolent cartels in Mexico, to send more of that product. So it's a consequence of an unsecure border the, the immigration issue, but most importantly, the part that is forgotten, and this is what really bothers me the most, no one's talking about the implications of the unsecure border to the overdose death crisis that Americans in the north are feeling much more in the south, but down here we feel it in the realm of human smuggling and human trafficking because we're seeing tectonic shifts toward that. So these index crimes impacting the American people, have you noticed you hear nothing from DHS Secretary Mayorkas? And you hear nothing about that from the federal agencies. And that's what bothers me the most. Folks, he is retired captain, Texas Department of Public Safety Intelligence, Counterterrorism Division, Jason Jones. Jason, great job as always. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed Call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. 
Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining me right now is one of my siblings. She is an independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I want to start off with um, this horrific, tragic situation that happened in Buffalo on Saturday. Um, has a lot of ramifications to it. Uh, as always, well, I don't want to say as always, but I, there's just something about this that I think, um, you know, something is going to change. This, the more we've learned about this individual, for them to just say, you know, he slipped through the cracks. Uh, what we've learned a year ago, he was, he was put into a hospital, you know, at his high school. He was yep. written about and described as someone that said, you know, life goal, wanted to carry out a mass shooting and then commit suicide. The fact that he still had access to weapons, you know, we scoped out the, the store on the on the Friday. And uh, I mean, this it, it, this is just so I, I just think this is the type of story that that something has to change within law enforcement, because obviously the current system we have is not working. Yes. And, and good to be with you. I, I would agree with all of that. One hundred percent, John. I mean, it is just um it, it's also so disturbing when you see that this is an 18 year old i mean this is yes. you know that's a very young person it's an 18 yep. year old who as you say um when you look at the pattern about that he was red flagged or, or they you know they had flagged him or they a, a year ago there was obviously a lot of steps taken um and yet you know you don't know where things get dropped through, you know, the ball is dropped. And I, I do find, I mean, this is really actually one of the biggest, you know, clearly racist motivated mass yes. shootings. I mean, yes. you know, uh, 11 people, 10 people uh, were black Americans going about their business in the grocery store. I mean, it's, it's really h- horrific and it's, it is just very disturbing um, and, and there is no question that there is a very deep relationship between, um, and I'm not going to call them a white supremacist, it's, but it's young males who live on some of those darker sites. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff gets talked about in these, you know, in these types of um, communities and chats and, and that they have. And so I think there's also, you're right, like I think there when these things happen, and this is really one of the more pronounced ones in a while, um, and and it was very clear, like he set out to like I'm going to shoot black people. But what yeah. I also find that needs to be remembered by the media, and and this doesn't make it less horrific, but this is coming on the heels of what was it like seven weeks ago, and we had the black male in New York who just who yes. really had a very disturbing chain of social media. He definitely want, was shooting at, like, you know, white people on the subway who were going about their business, trying to go to yeah, work. And it was, it was like 8.30 in the morning, John. Yes. And he right. talked about... So I, here's where I come down, where I see something that is more disturbing, not more that this is not the most disturbing... I guess what I would say is we don't need politicians. And I would say this starts with the president of the United States. We don't need pouring gas on the flames when you I think there is too much language about white and black and white and black. And it's just I've talked about this before. I think it's a very charged atmosphere. Um, You do have, unfortunately, and I'm sorry, I know Biden is going to go into that community and he's the president, he has the right, he wants to, you know, show the people support, of course, that a president should do that. So, but I I don't think that within seven words out of his mouth, he has to say, white supremacy, that's what, there's exactly what this is. 
Yep. I don't know. Like I find, I think that John, that's actually not helpful at that moment. I'm not saying right. that right. the FBI does not know that that is an entire community of chatter. Um, the fact that someone is 18 and deeply, you know, steeped in that. But again, I just find when that thing happened in New York and now this, that the, the media plays a role also. And, and there yep. should not be politics where you're almost trying to play it a little cute. And Biden does this. He's, you know, they're trying to attach. It's like to be it used to be just it's a racist crime. And it is. But it shouldn't be, you know, racist is conservatives and conservatives are white supremacists. And I feel That's like right. this chain of connect circular, yes. John. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just yeah, think no, that exactly right. there's vulnerable people, there's young people, there are many vulnerable people, of course, and they're taking a lot of this stuff, it comes out like messages, and I just think that's the danger, and we need politicians starting at the President of the United States, like, let's not pour gas on flames, let's not keep this white, black, you know, racially charged conversation constantly at the center of everything and and i'm sorry but i feel like it does come across that way certainly with or, or other democrats and it certainly comes across that way with certain uh, media outlets without question and again folks we're speaking with donna perry you know immediately um i mean i was watching this week they started pivoting to tucker carlson and fox on Saturday after the yeah. shooting they immediately start pivoting to Tucker Carlson and Fox. Now, again, what I think is unfair about that is what Tucker and what certain Republicans have been saying is all of these people with the open borders, the Democrats are trying to then get them registered to vote. They'd vote Democrat. You know, you can't right. pin someone that young that is in some of these dark chat rooms that, you know, right. with the, you and I, that regular people, you're not, we're not would never go that near that. Exist, no, that, that is going on. Please. I'll say right. that number one, there certainly needs to be more accountability within social media that those types of chat rooms exist. Number one, but number two, yep. see, I think we're at a pivotal moment that, you know, that any, he he was 17 when they, you know, had him in the hospital for a day and a half and the yep. state police put him in. The, the, there has to be more serious looking at mental health. That That's not normal. Like it wasn't enough that he was then just checked in. How right. is it that he was then able to, you know, the father gave him a gun when he was 16. He was still able to get a gun. Um, he, he drove 200 miles to that store on friday to check it out yeah. and then back on saturday we, where did the parents think he he was i mean th this there has to be more accountability that that's his i think his senior project paper that he wanted to do or they asked him what he wanted to do and he said you know carry out a mass shooting and commit suicide that's not normal uh, no. behavior so i think donna perry we're at a point much like after 9 11 there are people that I think need to be flagged by Homeland Security. Obviously, local police don't know what to do about it. The police felt they did their job. They delivered him to the hospital. Other than that, if he doesn't commit a crime, there's nothing they can do. There has to be, you're exactly right about the shooter in New York, that and and it's 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 interesting that they got both of them alive because a lot of times they right. Name, That's right. You know, they kill themselves. Yeah. They're both alive. But there needs to be it's it's not as if these people are hiding their intentions they're they're basically advertising that they're red flags about their yeah. behavior on social media uh, absolutely and and like you say i mean this kid the fact that it, there has to be also some accountability to say what conversation was had with authorities? By the way, a 17-year-old is supposed to be in a school somewhere. Okay. Right. So school officials in this day and age, John, they have adjustment counselors. They have all kinds of people who work in resource and supports and, uh, and counseling. So if he had gone into the hospital for a check, by the way, a school system would be all over that, very aware of that. Parents... Yep. You know, they, they don't do that lightly, by the way, in defense of schools. That is not just done lightly. So that, you right. know, it takes uh, it takes orders. Parents have signing things for these things to happen, by the way. 
uh, especially someone under 18. So you're right. Like I, you do feel like, okay, there's a lot of loopholes to when is someone like that really being chronicled? What is the responsibility line? Like I say, school, mental health counselors, the community, uh, local police, um, FBI, like, and again, these are large systems. So people fall through the cracks, but. Right. But in starting with, you know, listen, I'm a big, like every second amendment believer, but I'm sorry, an 18 year old boy that had to be checked into a hospital because he wrote about and talked about, he wanted to carry out a mass shooting and then commit suicide like that is someone he should not have access to weapons he shouldn't have the ability to buy weapons um you know that that is i I don't know who these parents are their life is forever ruined by this there's a difference of donna perry you know a young person threatens to harm themselves or they do harm themselves they're then checked into a special type of hospital to deal with that there's a big difference between someone that does self-harm, but then someone's talking about carrying out harm towards other people and mass groups. Right. right? It, exactly right, John. The, there is a big difference for a person being a wise guy, and I'm not in any way saying any of those kind of crazy sites, but there is a big difference between that and, like you say, that someone of that age, in that age range, that we used to just call it, that's a cry for help. That is a yes. young person where the adults have to step in. Yep. And I think that we have to get back to that. As I say, um, if he's 17 and he has parents that things had to be signed for him, you know, <laughs> to be looked at, examined, tested in that way. And, you know, th- there's been too many of these. The Parkland, Florida shooter, I remember that yes. he had had a thing the year before. Um, yep. And it was well, like it that. It started with, with Columbine. They're, they had bombs yep. and guns out in the open in the bedrooms. And just so the listeners are clear, now he is 18 years old, but this business where last June when they committed him and he was making these wild claims of what he wanted to do, um, he, he was 17 at the time. It's also dangerous about this business of the manifesto. Yeah. What, what's shocking, Donna Perry, is this, you know, he, he, Again, it's not that hard. He he showed up in the camo. He showed up in the yes. in his outfit on Friday, scouting it out. The manager that kicked him out of the store suddenly saw him back Saturday with you know the the, the clothing, same clothing on, and and shooting. I come back to if if someone um, commits a crime, and even if you're a juvenile or eighteen or seventeen, then you get a record. I, I think there has to be something. And I don't know how it would be, but something that if you at that age talk about you're going to carry out a mass shooting and so forth, I I think it should be almost the same as how then there's a record the way, you know, of someone that committed a crime where then you have a record. It goes on you and and then therefore the person has to be monitored in that way. Right. And and John, this is where some of it gets muddied by it. That's not free speech. It, it, is, it not. is not. I mean, we no. have God, no. law, oh. right? It's not free speech. Uh, we know that, John, people uh, are arrested if they make violent threats. So, you know, yes. words can be criminal. Um, and so in his case, you know, an, an over 100 pages manifesto, if I oh, read that correctly, God. for a person that young, as you say, someone... And it goes to a parent in a household. Someone is clearly not paying attention. But what I worry about in this environment, so the president is going to be visiting with the first lady in a day or or so, whatever. Um, I just say, if you want to be presidential to Biden, let take it down a notch on this constant black. I mean, I'm sorry. What, what we're yep. seeing, like I say, you know, you had the guy in New York. That's a handful of weeks ago or whatever it was. That's right. No, you're gonna, that's you true. see, it's copycat crimes also, you know, do spring to the surface. Um, and, yeah. and again, so there's many, many pieces at fault. I do think those kinds of far um, out there kind of sites play a role. I don't know. Like, is, should he be allowed to post a manifesto? And isn't there some yeah. disagreement of when it was taken down or should have, you know, who is right. allowing it to be up there? So sure. very, very tragic and disturbing situation. Folks, we're going to take short break. Uh, much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show.
RE Coogan and Heating. Folks, call them today at 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. RE Coogan and Heating for plumbing, heating, and cooling listing. As we're transitioning right now from spring into summer, you want to make sure your cooling unit is going to serve you and your family, your employees well this summer. RE Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, we're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore our services. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Whether it be for plumbing, maybe a hot water tank, call RE Coogan Heating today. 401 732 6562. 401 732 6562. Hot water tanks, and especially let's make sure your cooling units are ready for what's going to be a hot summer. Look for them online, recooganheating.com, and also on Facebook. RE Coogan and Heating 401-732-6562. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, depietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website topetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at depetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website depetro.com brothers disposal call them today 401-688-0517 brothers disposal get a dumpster in your driveway you can clean out unwanted belongings maybe clean out your garage clean out your basement clean out your attic old toys old things you don't even use anymore old furniture it's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home and then they'll take it away when you're done whether it's for a weekend for a week for a month brother's disposal call brother roland today at 401-688-0517 401-688-0517 come on brother call brother's disposal look for them on facebook they have those purple dumpsters they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother's disposal today whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings get a dumpster in your driveway or business brother's disposal 401-688-0517 to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought you by the centerdale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the centerdale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence portion of the program brought to you by the coesed inn check them out on the website depetro.com the coesed inn or rhode island tradition since 1977 located 226 coesed avenue in west warwick whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers there's always a great crowd you can link directly to them and gift certificates are available the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick